Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is supported in part by the Bertha Foundation. Good evening, Lewis. Hello, Daniel. How are you holding up with your uh, new illness? I'm not one for jumping on trends early. Uh, You know, COVID-19, that was two years ago. It's 2022 Mm. and I thought, it's about time. You know, I I just want to wait out and see how everybody else has taken it. Uh, I saw you Mm -hmm. had it and you, for me, are are the culture spirit guide of my life. And I'm like, if Lewis is doing it, I got to do it. I'm a COVID influencer. <laughs> yeah, I've been taking um, a lot of sponsorship from COVID. Um, I've been doing a lot of posts about how everyone should get it. Uh, that's actually a thing I have been accused of quite a bit on the um, on the Triple J text line. What, like milking milking your COVID uh, exposure? No, 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 no. Like as as in any time we talk about COVID, we'll just get a couple of like people being like, how much is the government paying you to pretend this is real? <laughs> you like, well, You're like, honestly, not enough. <laughs> <laughs> Not more than my usual paltry wage, which the government happens exactly. to pay me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, but are you okay? Because I called it last week, didn't I? I was like, Dan, you sound sick. And you're like, no, I'm just tired. I was like, no, mate, that's sickness. Yeah, well, you were right. Like, It took me about four or five, uh, about four days to test positive. Um, so now, yeah, I've, I've, I've definitely got it. Like, I've got it now. So, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. on Monday. Free, free man back on Monday, back on the streets. Look out. Look out, people of Sydney. It's been wild. You know, I don't want to talk about my COVID symptoms. <laughs> Every, everyone's been through it. It's kind of boring now, isn't it? It's one of those things where everyone's done it. Yeah, you've. it's like you've just bought a pair of Crocs. It's like, yeah, mate, everyone was doing it last year. Keep up. There were some, in the early days when my friends got COVID, I'd send them nice packages. I'd send them a goodies bag, mm. a bottle of wine. No one sent me anything. <laughs> no, no. I sent you a message being like, Sorry, bud. Yeah, that's that was right. about yeah. it. <laughs> You're on your own. Hey, uh, this week it's great. Uh, as a result, I haven't been able to have the energy to put together a full show. I've been watching a lot of Netflix. But we've got another Irrational Conversation for this week's show. Jan Fran is coming on the show and she's going to give us a little bit of a preview about something special she's going to be delivering for us at Irrational Fear on this podcast feed a little later on the year. And I believe, Lewis, you have no idea what this what this project is all about. <laughs> 
As always, with Irrational Fear Updates, I learn about it when you do. It's exciting, you know? It keeps me on my toes. I get to yes and. Well, here's a great update. Our Melbourne Comedy Festival show has sold about 150 seats, which is great. Oh, my God. But the venue holds about 600. So... That's, that feels like we're on track. I know. Well, yeah, about okay. 150 is just about what we played to last year in that small room. Yeah, like this is great. So, you know, uh, we've got about four weeks left. Please get your tickets. Huge acts uh, are joining us, including the one and only Australian of the Year, Grace Tame, uh, and the future Australian of the Year, Lewis Hobber. Mm, yeah, we're holding out. We're not quite sure. Maybe I'll get it when it's old Australian of the year. You know how they give like the senior, <laughs> senior citizen senior one senior out? senior citizen of the year, Lewis Hummer. Yeah. yeah. Just services to podcasting. He did a 1,000. Oh, my, yeah, yeah. And not to take anything away from those people who get AMs and OMs for years of doing the same job over and over again, but if you have the same job mm. for, for 50 years, you deserve a medal. Sure, yeah. I mean, no one will in our generation. <laughs> no, like, who the hell is going to have a job? For longer than even a decade. I just want to shout out to our Patreon supporters, David Higginbotham, Lauren Brody, uh, Felicity Biggs, Shannon Peach, Chima. Uh, also, big thanks to Dana Bergstrom. Julie Lawless from More Comedy has chipped in. Thank you, Julie. It's very kind of you. Um, Keegan and uh, legend Peter Lawler has upped his um, amount to 100 bucks a month. Thank you, Peter Lawler. <laughs> for supporting us. I definitely need it. Um, we're definitely going to be spending that money on frivolous content in the, in the coming months. So thank you so much for joining us on Patreon, our Patreon members. I'm recording my end of Irrational Fear on Gadigal Land of the Urination. Sovereignty was never ceded. We need a treaty. Let's start the show. Irrational Fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra Fair Dickum, and Section 40. Irrational Fear recommends listening by immature audiences. Tonight, the Office of Prime Minister and Cabinet apologises for the design of their women's network logo that looked like a cock and balls. The logo will be replaced with a picture of Tony Abbott. And conversations about petrol prices are at an all-time high. And Barnaby Joyce says those carrying coffins in Ukraine are not focused on climate change, which begs the question, what are those carrying coffins in Lismore focused on? It's the 17th of March, 2022, and there's only 65 sleeps until there's a hypothetical election. This is Irrational Fear. Irrational Fear! Welcome to Rational Fear. I'm your host, former video editor of Channel One Russia, Dan Illich, and we have only got one fearmonger for tonight. It's the the Walkley Award-winning smartass, Jan Fran. Hello, Jan. Ah, oh, hello, gentlemen. How you going? It's great to have Good. you. It's almost one and a half guests with you. Well, it is one and a half guests, and I'm actually um, sitting at home in my underpants because I no longer have any actual pants that fit me because, for those who don't know, I'm almost six months prego. Hey! Hey! Fantastic. (laughs) When's your due date? June or something? Yeah, I'm due in June. So two really big things happening in my life, the baby and, of course, the federal election. Which one's bigger? (laughs) Which one's more important? We'll never know. And the third, my birthday. (laughs) So schedule that's, that in. And that's the trifecta. There we go. Topped off. That's the big, big one. Big thing. Lewis Hobber's 50th birthday coming up. <laughs> <laughs> He's on track for this Senior Australian of the Year. Any, any, any day now. Any minute. 
Jan, it's so great to have you on the show. Um, you know, long time fear monger, done the show many, many times in the past. Um, and we've kind of got something interesting we want to flag with the audience um, because the people are going to be... And oh, me. and Lewis, yeah. Lewis, the co-host of Irrational Fear. <laughs> <laughs> because people are going to be hearing a, a little bit more of you during the election than they normally would. Um, tell us about what we're going to be making. Yes. So this is an exciting project, which like elections for me, if I can just preface, are like Christmas. You know how people sometimes they look forward to this thing, they get together at someone's house, they eat some snacks, emotions are high. Yes. It's like imagine watching a footy game. That's that's the emotion that elections kind of bring up in me. So what I'm doing is a special eight-episode series for Irrational Fear called Jan Fran Has Issues. Yes, Jan Fran Has Issues. We don't have a sting. Yes. I wish I had a sting to play. I don't have a sting to play Well, yet. look, it's still early days. Um, <laughs> we've got a lot of things that we don't quite have ready for the podcast yet, which is giving me a little bit of hives, but we'll no, get there. And it's going to take a look at all of the issues leading up to the federal election, which, as you know, will be happening, I'm guessing, at some point in May. Uh, yeah, so, I counted back hmm. to, from the 21st of May. It looks like yeah. 60, 65 days is kind of what we're, what we're, what we're heading into. So, yeah, that yeah, makes we got, sense. We got, we got an exciting two months for, for people like you and me, Jan. I, I, Jan, Lewis too. Like, I think, would, are you an election buffer? Is this your Super Bowl or do you actually care about the Super Bowl? I care much more about an actual grand final than the election. <laughs> like, I, I, I think I feel like... I remember you and I went to an event once on the on election night, Dan. If you remember, we was we were at um, an Australian podcast awards night, and it was the same night as the federal election. Oh, Do you remember no. that? And we went straight after. We went straight after the podcast awards. No, no, no. It was during. Oh, like right. we were everyone during the podcast awards was like checking their updates, and you were just like, "I just need to get to this election party," and I was just like, "I've got a gig to get to." I really <laughs> like. I just. I don't. I don't want to be. It's obviously I care about. The, the result and even the lead up, like I enjoy it. But I, do, I kind of find the um, the fascination with it a bit like, I don't know, I just feel like journalists can lose their minds a bit during mm. the election yeah. and, and really they can start reporting on the shit that they know is bullshit because it's happened before and it's just like a bit of fun and you're like, you're telling them to stay on the issues. You're not staying on the issues. No one's staying on the issues. It's all about who's lost weight. This is an absolute <laughs> fast and it can make me really well, angry. Well, Jan, this is a big question. We're going to be looking at eight separate main issues. Like each episode is going to be centred around one issue around the election. Yes. For you, kind of what are people, what's your vibe for the big issues out there? I've asked our Patreon audience and I'll explain, I'll show you what they've said, but what what kind of big issues are you thinking at the moment? Yeah. Well, I know, Lou, you're saying that no one focuses on the issues. It's all about the personality and what people are wearing, we will be focusing on That's the issues. That's right. <gasps> the We're whole doing show, the, the, it's in the title. An Jan Fran has issues. My prayers? <laughs> An entire show. It's it's going to be no personality. It's going to be no scandal. It's gonna, am I selling it? In fact, the only weight gain we're going to be talking about is Jan's weight gain. Uh, <laughs> we'll have a weigh-in right. at the start of every episode. We'll have some vital signs. None of the men and the only woman. Let's do that. It's yeah, that's a slightly separate issue to election stuff. But, yeah, e- so each episode is going to be looking at basically a different issue and my vibe and sometimes it can, I mean, elections, we're sort of like goldfish, right? Like we tend to forget certain things and sometimes I think really only in the four weeks leading up to the election can you get a clear sense of what the issues are going to be for the people. However, let's do some speculation because I love speculating. I reckon Mm, the key issues leading up to the election are going to be things like cost of living, 
which include, because you're hearing a lot about petrol prices rising, you're hearing a lot about inflation, you're hearing a lot about interest rates and what that actually means for the hip pocket and for people that own homes, but also for people that just, that your average person that might not own a home, but owns a car and needs to get from A to Z and now has to pay a hundred bucks in fuel. That's going to be a big one. Climate change. I mean, climate change has been around for, I mean, actual climate change has been around for Quite a while. Uh, but climate change is an election issue. I think issue. you'll also- find, Jan, the climate's always been changing. And, um, <laughs> and <laughs> How much are they paying you, Jeanette? Um, it was cold in the Ice Age, guys. But, uh, yeah, but I think this election, it's going to be a really interesting one to watch because we've got so many independents that, mm. are, that are sort of loosely connected and they're running on the very strong a climate action agenda, right? So it'd be yeah. interesting to see. Would you call them a ragtag bunch of misfits? I would, that's exactly what I would call them. <laughs> <laughs> they sound like the Rebel Alliance, don't they? That's good. Yeah, everyone loves a ragtag bunch of misfits and they always get the job they done. They do. I mean, hey, I've seen movies, ragtag bunches of misfits, they win in the end, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, here's, here's, some of the, here's some of the things that uh, the people on Patreon have been speaking about. I don't know if you can see this, um, but there's a lot of transitions to zero emissions. There's integrity. Uh, I love this line from Peter Lawler. He said, integrity, but it'll probably be something stupid like fuel prices or Clive Palmer. Um, cost <laughs> of living, like what you said, Jan. Uh, also from Kelly, fix and expand Medicare which is a big issue for a lot of folks out there. Mm. There's some stuff, I mean, there's some stuff that is um, that is kind of rising to the top, particularly, I mean, I asked the Irrational Fear Twitter feed, a lot of it has lots to do with climate and that is understandable. We've cultivated an audience that is dedicated to thinking, talking and dealing with the climate crisis. But this year it does feel different. It feels like climate is perhaps a... Uh, it's a, it's an issue that is affecting a lot of people all around the country right as an election's hitting. So it could yeah. be very, very strange for, for for the coalition coming up. Yeah, and the la- so one of the key differences around climate change between the last election and this election is that, unfortunately, we've had two very terrible weather events, including bushfires, um, which happened over um, in 2020, and now we've got the floods, right? So climate change has gone from this thing that, oh, you know, may be terrible for our grandchildren in 50 years to actually, Mm. no, this is tangibly affecting me now and it's affecting people that I know and love. And I can see them and hear from them and, and talk to them and see the images on the television. So I think that that's kind of brought people a lot more into the, the present around climate change. And that's one of the key differences from the last election. Well, Jen, why should you and I be hosting this podcast? Like, why are we going to, what, what do you <sighs> think makes it like, you know, what, why, why even put it on a rational fear? <laughs> why you and me, Dan? Well, what, what else are we doing? It's not. <laughs> what? I mean, Dan's got COVID. You're You're not, the, you don't have any pants. Jen. I mean, you guys aren't allowed to leave the house. <laughs> you know, I mean, look, I think because we're just both massive political nerds, Dan, we're not cool people, okay? We need to accept this about ourselves. And I think, you know, you're obviously someone that's very in, involved in politics and in democracy and in trying to get people engaged, and so am I. And I think, you know, just getting it out there to an audience that's or, that's a bit tapped in, that wants to know a little bit more, um, that can then kind of share the information with other people as well is really important. So I think it was just the right fit. 
Yeah. And now's a, now's a perfect time because we're coming into the election. There's only eight weeks to, well, pretty much eight weeks to go. We're going to go hard and we've actually got a great production team involved as well. Lewis, you are familiar with Caitlin Sorry? Oh, yeah, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, Katie. Katie Sorry, <gasps> superstar podcast producer, Gasp. is going to be on board and helping us make this podcast. So it's going to have all the rigour of a of a of a of a hack slash gimlet slash New Yorker <laughs> podcast. It's yeah, gonna she's be the best. It's, it's awesome. gonna be a premium podcast. Damn. Wow. Well, so good to have something decent on the irrational fear feed for once. <laughs> Fucking hell. We've been stinking it up here for 10 years. I mean, Julia Zamiro's had a, you know, it's been great to have her on there, lending a bit of credibility to this absolute garbage fire. And now some real information. A thrill. A thrill for me. It's the first time I'll actually be able to listen to irrational fear. <laughs> actually, I'll listen to that. That'll actually inform my worldview. <laughs> uh, I'm excited. I'm excited you guys are going to crush it. Um, it's exactly what I want. It's exactly the kind of thing that I feel like I need because I read the news constantly for my job, but it's I read ex- the things that I hate. So all of those things that I was complaining about, they're the things that I need to survive because of my job doing daily FM radio. <laughs> like that's that's my, you know, they're my points that well, I maybe, need. Maybe you know? we should rename it called the uh, Lewis Hobber Brief. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. And then I can just come to this and be like, oh, I've spent all day reading about um, weight loss and um, and OnlyFans math scandals, and now I can come here and, and learn about reports. And, and data. <laughs> Finally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Axios, but in your ears. <laughs> it's going to be great. So do you know what your first issue is going to be? Are we, are we allowed to talk oh, about it's it? Gonna be, I, it's going to be a meaty question? issue, Lewis. It's going to be a real, uh, mm-hmm. a real meaty one. Look, what I will say is I reckon our first episode is probably going to stream the week that the budget is announced. So mm-hmm. that's that's what we know so far. So I imagine our first issue is going to be centred around that. Although the good thing about making a podcast on a, in a place like Irrational Fear is you can just do whatever the fuck you want <laughs> <laughs> at any time. <laughs> so maybe it'll be about the budget. Maybe it won't be about the budget. You know? No, what we can tell you, there's going to be eight of them. They're going to be coming out weekly mm-hmm. and Jan, Fran and I are going to be hosting it and it's going to be really good and meaty. And I'm excited because Jan and Katie have worked together in the past and I'm excited to hear what, hear what you know, I mean, look, let's face it, Jan's going to be doing most of the work. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the best. Wait, hang she, on, what? <laughs> she is the journalist. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited to kind of hear these issues and be confronted with these issues as they come. And it's going to be great. I'm, I'm excited for, for us. I'm excited for the audience and I hope you really yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, I look, I just think it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, don't get me wrong, I love Scandal. Like I will read about the <laughs> PMC's cock and balls logo for many hours, you know, I will. And yeah. I want to get involved in that sort of stuff. But I also think as well, I think that the more informed you are about who's doing what in politics, I think the better chance you'll have of sort of just voting for the right person for you. And I know that sounds a little bit earnest, but sometimes like I, I get to the ballot box and I'm like, I don't know, there's all these numbers. Mm. There's like the Senate voting sheet, Jesus Christ, it's like a towel, you know? Mm. Um, and sometimes I think it just kind of, it just helps to put all of the kind of weird scandals and the personalities just to one side for just 20 minutes and just sit with an issue and actually think, okay, mm, how, do, how do I feel about this? And maybe you're neutral and that's okay, but at least you know that. 
you know? Yeah. Mm. Um, some other issues mm. folks have been tweeting in include ICAC, China, submarines, getting rid of Scotty from marketing, mm. wages. Someone said Jan. Jan is an issue. So maybe we, we'll discuss Jan as an election issue, but I doubt it. I'm a massive issue. I'm going to create some issues. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Apart from what you think the biggest issues are going to be out there in, in the world, Jan, do you have a personal issue? Do you have something that you hope gets brought up? Yeah, you know what? And look, I think it's I think it's the prego thing, but I don't think I've cared more about childcare in my life. Right? Like I childcare is I mean it, I hear it's expensive. Yeah, it's, I hear it's very expensive and I hear that you have to enroll a fetus into childcare. How about that? Wow. I had, yeah, I had against I had, that fetus's consent. Against the fetus's consent against your against any kind of moral objection that you might have. You, for that, you just have to do it. I had a mate who was like, oh, no, you should enroll the baby in childcare now. And I'm like, but the baby is a cell. Like the, ba- <laughs> <laughs> the baby does not currently exist outside of my body. I don't know if I should do that. She was adamant. So I did. Wow, um, you did. <laughs> you booked, booked uh, the yeah, fetus in. Yeah, and I was like, fetus morrow. <laughs> <laughs> Because they ask you for a name. I'm like, girl, it's a fetus, you know. <laughs> um, so, yes, fetus Morrow yeah. is enrolled at the Neighbourhood Early Learning Centre. Just, um, you know, in uh, in a year's time, just make sure you um, change that on the roll because roll call will be really <laughs> odd. Like, Julie Smith, fetus Morrow, fetus Moses, fetus Morrow here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but hey, you know, it, it's 2022. You might love, you know, you might learn to love that name. Hang on to it forever. Yeah. Uh, but childcare is one, is one of those issues that doesn't, it doesn't really get talked about as much as what I think it should because it just it affects so many families mm. and you don't really know or care too much about it until you either have kids or know someone who has kids who's just trying to balance like working and then putting all the money that they're working to get into childcare. It's a weird, it's a weird little system. Well, Jan, thank mm. you so much for coming on to tell us about Jan Franhan's issues. I'm excited about it. I can't wait to get, get to break ground and start working on it. Uh, Lewis, I'm sure you're excited to listen to it. I'm thrilled. I genuinely am. And only because this is my only ever chance to do um, Irrational Fear admin. Are we still doing Irrational Fear OG? Yeah, we're going to still do it. We're going to still do it. We, okay, we, even, we might even, <laughs> no, we might even triple it up. We might even do three times a week. No, we won't do it three times a week. <laughs> no, we're going to still aim to do once a week <clears throat> um, COVID and health pending. So, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're listening to this right now, hang in there because at the end of this podcast, we're going to play one of our favourite live shows from 2019 from Brisbane when we took our show to the Brisbane Powerhouse and performed for Climate Week at the um, at the Brisbane Powerhouse. It was a sold-out show just to kind of get you ready for our Melbourne sold-out show, which I anticipate being sold out. Um, we still need to sell another 500, 600 seats in three weeks, but I'm sure we can do that. <laughs> I'm calling all my cousins. I'm getting everyone in. Jen, friend, thanks so much for joining us on Irrational Fear. Oh, pleasure, Jen. See you soon. Yeah, Jan Fran, We Have Issues is is going to be hitting the Irrational Fear podcast feed in the next couple of weeks. Big thank you to Road Mike's Bertha Foundation and all of our Patreon supporters as well as Jacob Round. Um, Lewis, do you want to plug anything? Uh, no. No, I'm all good for right, all right. now. Thank you, though. Excited to tune into Jan. Is it Jan Fran has issues or Jan Fran we have issues? Jan Fran has issues. Jan Fran, Jan has, Fran issues. has issues. Fantastic. Yeah. But I'm, I'm sure that Dan Fantastic. also has some issues. <laughs>
That's true. Yeah, Dan Fran. Have we could Dan, Dan, Dan. Dan? That's gonna, get, that is gonna that? get so annoying. Wait, Dan Fran yeah. has issues. That's genius. Well, no. no, Jan, when I go get coffee at a takeaway coffee shop, people will say, Jan, when I give my name. <laughs> I'm like, no, no it's Dan. Dan. Jan? No. I, how hard is it? Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And for more info on that, go and see Dan's <laughs> infamous misheard coffee order sketch. <laughs> yeah, Google it. It's got 17 million views. So you've probably already seen it. Yeah, it's always, but, you, it's always the work you're least proud of that gets the most recognition. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, we're actually... We're thinking about getting a puppy, Lewis. Um, <gasps> when we, when, Are you going to call when, it Lewis? When we move out of, no, we're going to call it Steve with a dollar sign. <laughs> oh, no way. A reference to the infamous coffee sketch. A reference to that sketch you uh, were just talking about. All right, that, that's it for Irrational Fear uh, for this, but hang in there and listen to our Climate Week live show. It is an absolute baller. Steph Tisdell, uh, Tom Ballard, uh, Lewis Hobber. Absolutely killed it mm. on stage that night. Uh, also, with Wyatt and Bridie, did they do oh, that Wyatt show? Wyatt and Bridie did that show too. Oh, and this and is... They did a great improvised a great, song. Really huge, good. Hilarious improvised song. And also, I don't. You, this isn't in the recording, but we got told about five minutes before we went on stage that we couldn't say the word Adani. <laughs> Oh, that's right. And, like, oh, that's and this is a right. show, a comedy show about climate change in Queensland, and we weren't allowed to say the word Adani. It was just after the election. It was literally all anyone was talking about. Like, Queensland swung the election on Adani. Yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, just I hope no one's got any jokes about that. We're like, what are you Did talking you have about? to replace it with something? Well, we did. Everybody replaced it with something that sounded like Adani. And I went out on stage uh, before, after the Welcome to Country and I said, hey, everyone, um, I just got told f- five minutes ago that we can't say a certain word. And like 400 people yelled back, Adani! <laughs> and I said, so if you know what word, Adani, that we can't say, Adani, then, you know, just hang in there. But, you know, we're going to do our best to replace that word, Adani, with something. So throughout the show, quite a few people had Adani references and people were replacing it. So that is that is a trivia for this show. So enjoy that. It's one of my favourite episodes. And um, we'll see you in Melbourne on April 10th at the Forum. A serious note before we start the show. Irrational fear was built as a vehicle to make fun of the media's propensity to make us scared of every little thing. Ironically, we build it as the show that tells you what you should be scared of. And if this week is anything to go by, what you should be scared of is being a journalist that is critical of the Australian government. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why I'd like to say at the top of this podcast that the federal government's climate change policy is one of the best in the world. If not the best, probably even the betterestest in the world. And if you're from the AFP and you're listening to this podcast, you do a stand-up job. Good on you. <laughs> you know, we understand that sometimes that you have to do what the Minister from Home Affairs tells you what to do. You know, you have to enforce laws that are only three months old. Who cares? Good on you. You're giving it a go. So, dear AFP investigators who are downloading and listening to this right now, you may as well stop listening to the podcast right now. Because there's nothing in the next 80 minutes that will be critical of the Australian (laughs) government. In fact, here's some music to help you transition your podcast app to the off position. Okay, I think now that they're gone, I think it's safe to say the... uh, 
Climate Solutions Package is absolutely fucked and we're all going to die. <laughs> a rational fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra Fair Dickum, and Section 44. A rational fear recommends listening by immature audiences. Tonight, climate change deniers admit they're only in it for a spot of fun and the money. <laughs> And we investigate how many keep cups you need to keep before the climate crisis is over. <laughs> and after the AFP raided homes and offices of journalists reporting on government overreach, the media gets to ask only one question, and that is ScoMo's favourite question. How good is Australia? This is a rational fear! <laughs> Excellent height. My name is Dan Illich and this is A Rational Fear, live from the Brisbane Powerhouse at the inaugural Queensland Climate Week. Yes. Enjoy it. I hope you learn lots of things because if the climate crisis continues, it could be the last ever Climate Week. Uh, it is great. As I like to say here in the north, uh, summer is coming. Uh, <laughs> so let's meet our fear mongers for tonight. Our first fear monger is here to convince you that, and I quote, it's all over, you should give up, there's no point in going on. Oh, I'm sorry, that's what the ABC head of entertainment said when she cancelled tonight, Lee, with a toast Tom Ballard. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hello. Tom, why do you want to start the show off in such a pessimistic way? Because uh, we're all doomed, Dad. <laughs> it's great to be here. Happy Our Climate Week, everybody. <laughs> Our next fearmonger is the head of School of Public Health and Social Work at QUT and is here to tell us why climate change is actually good for your health. Oh, sorry, by good I actually mean bad. It's Professor <laughs> Hilary Bambrick. <laughs> Hilary, what exercise would you recommend for the apocalypse? Well, it's going to be way too hot to run, so you're going to have to crawl to the nearest emergency exits, which are located here, <laughs> here and here, Excellent. and deploy the escape slides. And now, thanks to climate change, insects are on their way out, but our next fearmonger plans to fight for their six-legged lives. It's Steph Tisdale. You! G'day. Steph, uh, tell us, uh, why should we care about whether or not insects make it in the apocalypse? Because there was, there's that Facebook, it was trending on Facebook, you know that spider? <laughs> Has anybody seen that little, it's got that little kid's voice and it was trending? I fell in love with that little cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason why. I didn't know we have to do intense research for today. <laughs> but there are some species we'd love to see the back of. In fact, we hope go extinct. None more so than the endangered foodie of Instagram, something Mel Buttle knows too much about. Mel Buttle. You. Hello. Mel, how will foodies have to adapt to the climate crisis? It's going to be very hard to Instagram in the bunker, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and our final fear monger is a member of the ABC elite. He has a face that says he has all the answers, but what does his mouth say? It's Triple J's Lewis Hopper. Ah, hello. Thank you, um, what does oh, your mouth say? Well, my mouth says that I'm quite offended that while the AFP were rating the ABC, they did not come to Triple J. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't have any secrets. <laughs> what have you got? What has Triple J got? I, I, I got no... What? <laughs> you got the I hottest got 100 stuff. planned out for the I next three years. Stuff. I know when the next Flume single is probably going to... I don't. <laughs> they don't tell us. They don't tell us. I don't know anything. <laughs> this is a rational fear, already exceeding maximum emissions. You! Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, 
That was our one and only pyrotechnic. Uh, <laughs> because that's all our climate credit could afford. Um, this is like the new reality. For New Year's Eve, it's just going to be people hanging around like the Brisbane <laughs> foreshore waiting for an ibis to explode. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what people are going to be waiting to do in the future. Yeah, but luckily there's lots of plastic in the tummy, so it's good. <laughs> <laughs> From a distance, might look like glitter. Happy Climate Week, everybody. <laughs> now, there is, there's a couple other people we haven't introduced yet. We're going to introduce them right now. I don't know how we got them. Uh, they are some of the best musicians, comedy musicians in Australia. They performed on uh, ABC's Tonightly, RIP. Uh, in fact, <laughs> m- most of us performed at ABC's Tonightly. Uh, <laughs> I was the boss of it for a little bit. It was very good. You should have watched it. Uh, <laughs> in fact, Bridie and Wyatt, these guys, next folks I'm about to bring out, they won an ARIA for best comedy release last year thanks to their work on Tonightly. It was the only award that Tonightly won. Um, <laughs> so, are you ready? Bright and Wyatt, come on, where are you guys? Come out on stage, here they are. This is amazing. Everybody, how are you? I love that Dan said best musicians in Australia, best comedy musicians. (laughs) It's an important caveat. It is very important. Oh, it's so lovely to be here. Um, That was a really lovely intro. Um, I'm actually super embarrassed that you brought up the aria. Oh, that's well, the aria. We don't like to mention it. We were trying to bring it up, but they confiscated the airport. (laughs) No, like we uh, we don't really talk about the aria that we won quite recently. (laughs) Very much. We're pretty humble folk, but um, our lives have changed since we won it, though. Like before we won it. We were employed. Yes. <laughs> and now that we have won an aria, yeah. we um, are not. Yes. <laughs> oh, boy, though. It's great. Um, but I we have are... to smelt it and sell it. Yeah. <laughs> Girls got to eat, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, life has changed. Oh, look, Dan, you've said it now. You've mentioned the aria. Aria, so. oh. award winners, Friday and Wyatt. I guess, I guess we'll sing the song that won us an aria. Yeah. And I know it's climate week, but this is um, a, a political song. It's not about... Climate change, though, but it is about an issue that keeps coming up in yeah, the news. Yeah, it just comes up time and time again. So uh, we'll, we'll sing that song. Hey, girls, you know that moment? Yeah, you do. When your heart skips a beat and you feel weak at the knees. Ooh, so nervous. Well, it could happen at any time. It could happen at any place. And ladies, it could happen with anyone. Well, it could be the guy from the cafe. The one with the look in his eye. I got my eye on it you. It could be the man from the bus stop. Yeah, he smiles every time you walk by. I catch a ride with it me. It could be the boss from your office. He always says you're the best. You're the best. Well, it could be literally anyone. Anyone can be a sex pest. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Sex pest. Ha, ha, ha. Sex pest. Don't have to be famous to be well dressed to be a. Sex well, it, it could, could be, be the guy from your sports team Or it could be the guy at the bank Well, it could be the guy at the hot dog stand Or it could be that guy, Frank Well, it could be the guy that you went by one time Well, it could be Kira Knightley That's right That's right, it could be a woman Of a statistically Italian likely <laughs> it's not just the guy in the fancy bar No, it's not just that big Hollywood star No, it's not just the guy in the park in the dark No, that's just Mark, he likes We won't get along if you whip 
message to it. Yeah, that that's right. Anyone could be a sex pest. <laughs> no, no, like dream and you can achieve, you oh, know? No, oh, it's not that aspirational. Not aspirationally, like a warning. <laughs> yeah. Like anyone. Not like anyone can be. No. Oh, God. But um, from the song that um, uh, got us awarded to the song that got us in a lot of trouble. Yes. We nearly um, got fired for this song, yeah. which is weird because this next song was actually um, one of the more wholesome songs that Wyatt and I have written. Yes. Um, we wrote a song last August when Scott Morrison became the Prime Minister because we thought we should do like a little fun, introduce our new Prime Minister to the country song. Um, and yeah. we actually wrote it's it. It's another fun guy. So yeah, fun. exactly. We wrote like it. like a daggy dad. He is know? a daggy dad. <laughs> He loves the football. He's so daggy. Yeah. <laughs> um, like when he was Minister for Immigration, the Human Rights Commission, like um, the Commission for Human Rights was like, oh, we condemn you. Such a yeah. daggy dad. Real cute. Oh. Real cute. Wacky. <laughs> Such a fun dad. When the United Nations condemns you, like, ah, adorable. <laughs> that was in 2014. Fun times. <laughs> Love it. So we wrote a song about all that fun stuff so we could get to know Scotty a bit better. Um, and we wrote it in the song of Christian pop rock, in the style of Christian pop rock. Um, because if you didn't know, Scott Morrison uh, is really into Jesus. That's great. Uh, he's super into his evangelical faith. And we're like, yeah, let's get on board. Jesus made the animals like kangaroos. And he also said to lock the kids up on Nauru. I am Jesus' son. And I'm Jesus' daughter. And there's nothing more Christian than closing the border. We love Jesus, Jesus, but not refugees. If you want to win votes, then you've got to stop votes to do what pleases. Jesus, deny them all visas, and you can't get more Christian than that. Suffer little children who come unto me. The government takes their doctrine literally. Scummo is under the spell of Jesus' charm. And kids are under safety watch for self-harm. We love Jesus, 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 but not refugees. If Jesus was a refugee, we'd say, fuck off, we're full to do what pleases. Jesus, deny them all visas, and you can't get more Christian than that. No, you can't get more Christian than fishes and loaves, and shipping people off to manners in the roads. No, you can't get more Christian than not showing contrition. When you were found wanting by the Human Rights Commission. We love Jesus, If you love Jesus, Scott Morrison, Clap your hands. Jesus, but not refugees. Don't cross our borders. Even if you walk on water. Yeah, you gotta love thy neighbor. But not if they vote labor. Or if they're foreign or gay. And you can't get more Christian than that. Thank you. Brilliant. 
Um, and once we did that song, everyone loved it in the Murdoch press, didn't they? <laughs> I love a great oh new Fantastic. Yeah. You guys have really covered all the big topics. Yep. Uh, refugees, yes. uh, Me Too movement. Yep. Uh, so this is Climate Week. So take it away with your climate song. So, oh, sorry, Dan. What's that? Um, we, we were just told to do it. Sorry, one, one second. second. Sorry. Yeah, we do. We're doing climate. This is climate week, so we should do a climate song. Yeah. Hang on, a sec, band meeting. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? You're speaking into the microphone, so they actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, okay. We. These don't... guys. These guys oh. are actually good. We're actually going to. These guys are actually going to make up a climate song for us here tonight. So this is great. So uh, do you guys want to take some suggestions? We'd love that, and then we'd like to take an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'd like to come back. Any. Uh, no, any. You can pick any word you want. From B to Z. Uh, <laughs> All right. From B to Z. You can pick any word. All right, numerals, you can use numerals, symbols, just between B to Carmichael. C. Carmichael. 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 Wow. Well, that fits these rules. All right, write it down. Guys, what's um, Reef. Yeah, Reef, great. What's something that you're actually honestly really scared about? <laughs> Banani. My favourite fruit. Yeah. Full of but, uh, like, obviously... Yeah, good, good. Pakistani, good. a delicious cuisine, one of my favourites. <laughs> um, but, like, obviously, you know, water's rising. What else? What's some things we're worried about? Extinction. Heat death of the universe. This is gonna, I'm, I am sensing a major key for this song. This can be cheery. I'm, I'm, I'm a refugee. That's good. This is a very cheery topic we've picked today. Oh, yeah. oh, there's so many laughs to be had. Great. We are in... Coal. Coal, that's, that's fine. Coal, I love it. Rhymes Coal's with so great. many things. Thank you. <laughs> it's so great to watch the creative process. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you, fever. Dengue fever. Is that a yep. thing? Like, is the, is the planning going, I'm scared. Wait, can you put in Bieber fever as well? <laughs> Bieber, Bieber fever. Bieber, Bieber fever. <laughs> I, think I, had a, I think I lived We've with a flatmate once I think we got who heaps. was really into dengues. <laughs> your grandkids. Your grandkids. What's your name? Your specific grandkids. Okay. Oh, make it personal. That won't get sad at all. <laughs> Great. Perfect. Okay. I think we got it. <laughs> we'll be back in an hour with the most happy song you've ever heard. All right. See you Thank soon. Thank you very much. Oh, God, yeah. It's going to be stuck oh. in my head. All right. Great. Oh, so Fantastic. Good. All right, folks. Let's get back. Brisbane hasn't had two ARIA winners in the same room. <laughs> Since one of the Veronicas broke up with Ruby Rose and came home. <laughs> <laughs> what an honour. <laughs> Huge. All right, let's get into some fears and fears. Now, when we're talking about climate change, language is really important. It comes, it's really important to help communicate about extremely complex thing, things like climate change. Teenage activist icon Greta Thunberg. Uh, uh, woo! Yeah. Uh, now, <laughs> last week, I think it was, or maybe a couple of weeks ago, she implored us all to stop using the phrase climate change and really encourage us to use climate crisis. Uh, but this week, the fossil fuel industry is also on the rebrand too. In the USA, the Department of Energy is leading the way to rebrand liquid natural gas to freedom gas. <laughs> <laughs> now, these are actual words from the US Undersecretary of Energy. Increasing export capacity from the Freeport LNG project is critical to spreading freedom gas throughout the world. <laughs> I guess anything to make it more attractive to the end user. Thank you. Thank you. No, oh, yeah, well, yeah, it wasn't worth it. All right. <laughs> You're right. Let's move on quickly. 
And then, right, so that, in using that context, very funny stuff. And then it came back again in the same press release from this guy. I am pleased that the Department of Energy is doing what it can to promote an efficient regulatory system that allows for molecules of U.S. freedom to be exported to the world. <laughs> so amazing. That's so good. Molecules of U.S. freedom just used to be bullets. I feel like that was like... <laughs> God! Fuck yeah! <laughs> uh, now, what's funny is, like, Steve Weinberg is the name of that guy who read that, who, whose quote that was, but why doesn't he use his own powers for rebranding his own portfolio? In case you missed it, this is his full title, Assistant Secretary of Fossil Energy. It doesn't really scream innovation. It kind of sounds like something, like an intern at uh, where Fred Flintstone works. Uh, <laughs> thank you for that laugh, for that cutting-edge 60s reference. <laughs> really appreciate that. Really appreciate that. First the fart joke, now this. Strap in! <laughs> <laughs> All right, fearmongers, tell me, is there a better way to rebrand LNG? Tom? Uh, well, first I'd like to apologise. I let off some freedom gas in the dressing room before. Um, <laughs> and I'm, you guys probably still experience that. I think freedom, freedom gas isn't bad. If you, I think if you really want to appeal to like your right-wing Christian crazies, you want to go for like Jesus gas, aspiration <laughs> gas, not poofed gas. <laughs> Fair dinkum gas is probably coming down the pipeline mm. from Scobo. I reckon we're going to hear that pretty I soon. Think, I think we can hit the, uh, the niche market of... Um, of voluntourism. You know, you know the dickheads who go, I'm going, in a, I'm, I'm going to take a year off before I go to uni and, and build schools. Um, <laughs> we could call it... Um, um, no, no, it's freedom gas again, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, call it woke gas. <laughs> <laughs> woke gas, yeah. yeah I work in the ABC. I'm I hear that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take my money. <laughs> I mean, what other fossil fuels should be rebranded this way, do you think, Mel? <sighs> What's a fossil fuel? <laughs> <laughs> we should clarify, Mel doesn't know what climate change is. No. <laughs> we were discussing just, this backstage. And just we because like... I'm from Queensland and... <laughs> The origin was on last night. Doesn't mean all I fucking know that the world's ending. <laughs> <laughs> like, origin's not, not an energy company. It's a fucking game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, I didn't think the world was going to end at halftime last night, but the boys turned it around. But. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we're all going to die with this kind of shit. <laughs> what about you, Hilary? Do you, think, do you think this makes LNG sexier? Like, would mum and dads, you know, pick LNG over other fossil fuels to energise their home? Yeah, look, I don't think there's anything particularly sexy about freedom gas. To me, it sounds like the joy of a newly single person who gets to fart in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> but why would you want to make it sexy? It's already called liquid natural gas. Like, they're yeah. hot words. Oh, you're right. It's all right. Just, just leave gas off. Just like, are you going to get some more liquid natural? Yeah, I'm going to get some fucking <laughs> all liquid natural, baby. It's That's already a, all natural. I feel like I could pick it up at a farmer's market. I'm in. <laughs> it is artisanal. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> it's, it sounds like something that should be at the top of an SBS promo for a documentary about to watch. The following program may contain liquid natural gas. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe instead of liquid, just organic. Yeah. Organic. Oh. If you want to turn people off like fossil, like, you know, they're made out of like, like dead animals. We should just call coal dead puppies. I think that would just like, <laughs> my family's been mining dead puppies for generations. For that sounds awful. You should stop that. There is no way that's stopping Gina Reinhardt. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what I did with their skins? I turned it into this coat. <laughs> 101 Kelpies. 
And while we are still on words, once again, we turn to Sweden. Recently, the Swedes in social media have coined a new phrase. This is the movement here. It's called flig scam. Flig scam. Yeah, and it's often seen in conjunction with the hashtag Yagstana Pamakan. Fearmongers, any ideas what this could be? I'm pretty sure I built one of them once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is it, is it a flick scam? It was an Allen key. It was an absolute prick. <laughs> I feel like I'm on a game show and those letters are going to re-scramble <laughs> to make some goddamn sense. I thought flick scam was that thing when you get a little cold drop of water go down your back. You go, oh, flick scam. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that hashtag is um, obviously a really successful one <laughs> that I'm sure we're all It's the kind of hashtag you get tattooed in Bali. Oh, it? yeah. Oh, Remember the hashtag, Stan. everybody. Jack Stanner for my hashtag. Yeah, it's like a wedding between two people who you don't know that well. You're like, fuck. You know, when they fuse it together, it's like the Haydens and the Smiths. It's the Haysmith wedding. It's, like, it's the Yagstanapanakins and the Parmanakins. Use the hashtag. It's a lovely cake. And it's not racist because they're white. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks like for clearing it. that up, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it actually is. The, the, it's like a flight shame. Um, it's actually the feeling of being embarrassed or ashamed to take a plane because of the environmental mm. impact. And the hashtag in Swedish means, uh, uh, the long hashtag means stay on the ground. Uh, according to Swedish Rail, a single flight between Sweden's two, two, two bigger cities, Stockholm and Gothenburg, generates as much CO2 as 40,000 train journeys. And thanks to flig scams, Swedish railway operators are experiencing a 20% rise in rail journeys. One owner of a rail holiday company said he'd never experienced demand like it before, working 16-hour days just to keep up. He said sometimes there were 30 people waiting on the phone just to talk to him about booking a rail holiday. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Clap the shame. Clap the shame. There's, there's footage of him on the phones. I think he's going... That's apparently... That's and again, not racist. Not racist. Because it's a Muppet. <laughs> so just, uh, just for perspective here, who took a flight to get to this show tonight? Dan, not only did I fly, but my water flew. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, San Pellegrino. <laughs> Do you think flig scam would work in Australia, Hillary? You'd have to improve the trains a hell of a lot before that. Would <laughs> yeah. We already have it. When everyone, what, if a friend of mine flies Jetstar, I'm like, you dog, you scum. <laughs> you should have gone Tiger. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. If people like you shouldn't fly on a plane, I'd be like, well, you want to drive me, mate? Like, <laughs> Sydney's 18 hours. Let's go. Well, you let's know? crack it. <laughs> uh, what would it take to get Australians to feel shame about unnecessary flying, Steph? It surprises me that bintang shirts and fucking braids don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so I think... <laughs> Fuck, I think it's a hard slog. <laughs> I, don't like, I don't like being flight. I don't like being slut shamed and I don't like being flight shamed. I'm a oh. slut who is a gold frequent flyer, okay? And I am proud. Do not shame me, sir. Can you be a slut though, Tom, if you're sort of just at home, just pottering around, just... Just you. <laughs> like, is it like you identify as a slut? Yes, I identify yeah. as a slut. <laughs> and one day you'll see, and you'll all see. Got we it. could have Skyped you in for today. <laughs> uh, finally, here is some good news. Uh, 
One of the upsides of rising sea levels is that some very critical internet infrastructure will be destroyed. Yes, <laughs> yes. According to a report from the University of Oregon, uh, over 4,000 miles of fibre optics and 1,000 nodes will be underwater. I don't know what a node is. I assume it's like a fat controller uh, of, of, of data. What'd you call me? <laughs> Steady on. Uh, uh, and uh, with the hardest cities in the US being hit will be New York, which, of course, is home to global finance, Seattle, home to Amazon and Microsoft data centres, and Miami, home to cocaine dealers who only accept Bitcoin. So, <laughs> very tricky, very tricky. And to fix it, Amazon does have a plan. They simply are planning to say, hey, Alexa, move to higher ground. <laughs> um, so, fear mongers, um, what are you most looking forward to when the internet goes dark forever? Oh, Dan, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> uh, not having to attend or listen to podcasts. <laughs> oh, can't wait to not do this anymore. <laughs> Finally, the hellish nightmare will be over. <laughs> I feel like Australia's preparing for this eventuality by installing the NBN. Yeah, you know, yeah. we're really, we're getting in the mindset it's of what It's already like. a reality. Yeah. It's a yeah. practice run. We're ready. <laughs> what about you guys? What do you feel like? When well, the internet goes dark, what are you looking forward to most? I think it'll be a nice time to make your own porn, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> and to reconnect with your local community, like in the old days. <laughs> like, what have you got? I've got this. Um, I put that on a CD for you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it'd be exchange. nice to bring porn back to the theatre. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh... Homemade bloody Aussie porn. No more imported shit from overseas. <laughs> Keep it local. Keep your porn miles in your suburb. <laughs> we'll have Kate Blanchett on the Sydney Theatre Company. <laughs> and over in the Sydney Porn Theatre Company, it will be Kate Blank, not Chet. Oh, oh, very oh, he fuck, tried fuck. there, everybody. Oh, I thought if I started, it would work. And then it didn't come, yeah. Kate Munchett, is... maybe. Mm. Oh, don't worry about Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, Kate Munchett was the joke I said. <laughs> <laughs> This is a rational fear. Is the new Prime Minister for the Environment Nelly? Because it's getting hot in here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please Your welcome Tom Ballard. Yes, Tom. Thank you very much, Lewis. Hi, everybody. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, beautiful people of Brisbane. It is lovely to be here. Go Maroons. Yeah. <laughs> okay, whatever. I don't give a fuck. I'm pandering. Okay. I can't believe you got a boo from it too. This is going to be a tough time. <laughs> Who gave the boo down here? Was it you, Malcolm Turnbull? Was that you? No. <laughs> God looks like Malcolm Turnbull in the front. Why, did, why did you boo? Just for a bit of fun. Oh, yeah, it wasn't yeah. you at all. You were framed. All right, great. All right, there's a mutiny in the audience already. <laughs> But look, it's lovely to be here and it's lovely to be at this wonderful Climate Week event and looking out of this theatre, you know, I just see the faces of hopeful, concerned citizens taking the time to come together to learn about how we can collectively take serious action to halt the existential threat that is the climate crisis. And I can't help but think, we're fucked. We are fucked. <laughs> it's over. We've lost. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Happy Climate Week. <laughs> Don't be so pessimistic, Tom. Come on, have a bit of hope. Piss off, New Farm. You're not even real Queensland. <laughs> You're a humid version of Melbourne. What would you know, you hippies? <laughs> <laughs> We're fucked. Admit it, you know it. We are all fucked, right? The pepperoni coal mine is going ahead. <laughs> <laughs>
The Great Barrier Reef is dying. One million species face extinction. The latest report says human civilization will be coming to an end in 2050. And our country has just decided to re-elect a human man named ScoMo. We are <laughs> fucked. <laughs> ScoMo! ScoMo sounds like a disease that affects pirates, really, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I lost my leg to the ScoMo. <laughs> That's our leader, and the leader of the opposition is Anthony Albanese, a man we've decided to call Albo. Australian politics is ScoMo versus Albo. Just a nation of cavemen. Me like ScoMo, me like Albo. We don't even have Elbow to Elbow. <laughs> We don't have elections anymore. It'll be ScoMo and Albo wrestling in a muddy billabong. <laughs> and whoever emerges with the victor will become the fucking primo, mate. <laughs> it's over. We're so backwards in this country, we can't even make fun of New Zealand anymore. <laughs> Do you know how dark that is? They're going carbon neutral by 2050, man. They're doing all this other progressive shit. Meanwhile, Australia's just next goal going, ah, oh, when you say six, it sounds like sex. Ha <laughs> ha, say fish, say fish. Hey, New Zealand, say fish. Stop trying to help the planet, just say fish. Say fish. <laughs> oh, if you don't do anything to help the environment, it's going to kill all the fush. Ah, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> It's the topic of my 45-minute speech tonight, everybody. <laughs> we, find, we always knew, I always knew deep, and down, deep inside, we weren't really up to this challenge. There was no chance our society could do the work and make the sacrifices and take the collective action required to confront climate change. I knew that the moment I saw the McDonald's was an option on Uber Eats. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? We're not going to transition to an entirely renewable economy by 2030. People can't be bothered leaving their house to go to a drive through restaurant to get fast food. We're fucked. We can't do drive through anymore. It has to be drive to. Drive to me. Even when we had drive through, we can be bothered using all the letters in the word through. We were just T-H-R-U. That'll do. We are months away from Uber Chew as a society, OK? Uber Chew is where you just lie on the couch and the exploited immigrant comes around and feeds the chicken nuggies into your mouth and moves your jaw for you, OK? Five stars! Uber Chew, it's coming. Then Uber Poo, you know what's on the way. <laughs> what, I have to get up to go to the toilet? What am I, training for, to be a professional athlete? No, bring me the bowl, Muhammad, let's go. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, you groan, Queensland. <laughs> We're fucked. Oh, don't worry, Tom. Technology will save us. We'll invent the technology and that will fix everything. Now, I would believe that if every single scientist and person with technological expertise was working on the problem, okay? If all the boffins around the world were working 24-7 on eliminating carbon from the atmosphere, then sure, maybe humanity would have a shot. But that's not what's happening, is it? The scientists are working on some other shit. They're working on Uber Chew. <laughs> <laughs> and they're working on little Snapchat filters that make you look like a baby. They're working on making a live-action version of The Lion King. Remember how you watched The Lion King as a kid and you thought, nah, it's good, but not enough dimensions. <laughs> I want my singing lions to be more realistic, please. <laughs> 
<laughs> Last year, a bunch of nerds spent hours and hours ensuring that the horses in the video game Red Dead Redemption 2 would have testicles that shrink in the cold. <laughs> they spent time and energy on that. Meanwhile, in the real world, actual horses can't shrink their balls because the planet's too fucking hot! <laughs> <laughs> Hey, nerds, how about you stop writing codes to digital horsey balls and join us in the war against the sun? (laughs) This isn't even comedy anymore, just real anger. (coughs) My generation is screwed. Millennials, we're just screwed. We could could even buy a house. Now the entire planet is dying. Fantastic. We're heading for a post-apocalyptic water world scenario. I'm not going to be able to afford a boat. (laughs) <laughs> 2050, the world's flooded. It's me and a bunch of other 60-year-olds living in a shared dinghy. <laughs> All you baby boomers will be dead by then, won't you? You've timed that very well, actually. Climate change kicks in. You go, OK, see you, bitch, bye. You go up to your negatively geared property in heaven. Meanwhile, I'm down here working 15-hour shifts for Uber Swim, trying to save up a deposit for a fucking kayak. <laughs> <laughs> Great to be here. <laughs> what are you proposing then, Tom? What are you proposing? That we all just give up, going against the very essence of Climate Week? Is that what you're proposing here tonight, that we just give up, Tom? Yes. <laughs> if something's really hard, you give up. I learned that from the Australian Labor Party, people. I learned that from the best. <laughs> Thanks for having us again. <laughs> Give up against the fight against climate change. And I say, let's just go for it. Let's just lean into it. Do you ever do that? Like, do you ever do something bad and you think, well, I'm doing this bad thing. I may as well do something worse. Oh, I'm drinking a caramel milkshake. I may as well smoke a cigarette, you know? They kind of cancel each other out. No, they don't. You're killing yourself faster. <laughs> I say we should lean into it with climate change. Our political leaders don't want to do anything about it. That's what we've got to work with. The reef is fucked. That's gone. Our biggest natural tourist attraction dead. We need more ways to attract tourists. I say let's lean in and really destroy our environment so much people will come from all over the world to see just how much we fucked it. (laughs) Man, have you been to Australia? That place is fucked up! It's like nothing I've ever seen before. They made a replica of Uluru out of burning tyres on top of the original Uluru. And you're encouraged to climb it. It's insane! (laughs) <laughs> they turn Tasmania into a coal mine. They're fracking the Great Barrier Reef, which doesn't even make sense. You're allowed to hunt koalas, man. Seriously. <laughs> All right, you're not going with that. <laughs> they know about the chlamydia. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> if nothing else, friends, if we can't do that, if the politicians aren't going to do anything to combat climate change, I say please at least legalise drugs, okay? Legalise all drugs and give us that. It'll help, okay? Let us be as high as the sea levels, all right? Please. (laughs) Please. Oh, the ice caps are melting. Nah, bro, fucking everything's melting, man. (laughs) Thank you for listening. And remember, everybody, give up. (laughs) Tom Ballard. Fuck so, you awesome. what, what about so you good. folks? Do you have any hope left, Hillary, after, after listening to Tom? Look, I've got some great news for Tom, and that is under climate change, cannabis plants should grow really quickly and really big. Yeah! <laughs> well, that's great news. Thanks, what about man. cocaine, Hillary? How will that grow? <laughs> will it grow any cheaper in Australia? Because <laughs> at the moment it grows yeah. at about 300 a bag, I'm told, and that's too much. <laughs> 300? 
3.50 in Brisbane and you better be organised. <laughs> I've heard that in Sydney they deliver. But anyway, this is turning into a different conversation. Man, you're going to get rated so good. <laughs> Finally! I feel like I've got an advantage because my titties will probably make me float. <laughs> uh, people listening to this, go to the website, check out the photos. <laughs> And at the end, somebody will be trying to stay on there and going, there's no room. And somebody's going, well, there is room. <laughs> That's a reference to the Titanic. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I, would you rent space? On yeah, I your... would. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Uber booba. <laughs> <laughs> I should have just said booba. Damn it. <laughs> Do you think comedians have a place in the apocalypse, Mel? What? <laughs> um, look, sure, we're very important if you check out our Twitter. Um, we're doing some pretty cutting-edge work there. I'm retweeting to over, what, five, six hundred people a day and they are reading that and they're lapping it up. Um, <laughs> Tom, are you suited for the apocalypse? Am I suited? Yeah. Um, I think I'll be yelling like that constantly <laughs> with, a, like, a, pa- a pan on my head, just banging that every now and again. And like, I swear I'm a slut. <laughs> <laughs> Well, when it comes to the climate ap- apocalypse, there is uh, no state more vulnerable than your state, Queensland. Uh, but there's no need to leave Queensland. I mean, you guys have so many wonderful events here. Uh, the Indy, uh, the Commonwealth Expo Games. 88. <laughs> uh, Expo 88. I love that game. That was great. All the big hits. Uh, we've actually found a pitch video from the future for a big event that Queensland's going to be hosting in 2038. Welcome to Brisbane, the capital of southern Queensland and bid city of the 2038 Nuclear Winter Games. Thanks to industrial growth at all costs, Queenslanders live life to the extreme and there's nothing more extreme than our weather. But every cyclone has a silver lining. Last year, Brady, Denise, Franz, Ian, Jackie, Philippa, Gertrude, Tiffany, Melinda, Cheryl, Rochelle and Dave nearly made space for new stadiums and sporting facilities and now we're ready for re-rebuilding again. With the southward spread of dengue fever, southeast Queensland now has the lowest rate of dengue fever in all of southeast Queensland. But don't worry, if you do catch it, some of the best-funded doctors in Australia are just over the border in New South Wales. Thanks to rising sea levels, in Brisbane everyone shares waterfront views with some of the most ancient and deadly locals around. It's now even easier to take a boat to the Great Barrier Reef Memorial Oil Field. It's just been refurbished and moved into the habitable zone. Speaking of water, the water wars of 2025 are a thing of the past. We now have a roster. Clean water will be available to farmers Mondays and Tuesdays, coal seam gas miners Wednesdays and Thursdays, residents on Fridays and theme parks on Saturdays, Sundays and public holidays. But going wild can work up an appetite. Grab a bite to eat. Literally, just a bite. Queensland supermarkets now have round-the-clock military guard ensuring the orderly distribution of rations. And thanks to the Queensland government's banana buyback scheme, the cost of bananas is no longer bananas. You know what they say. Queensland, beautiful one day of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Steph Tisdale. Hello. So uh, I'm going to talk about the insect 
extinction um, or, well, insects as they're better known as the aliens of the jungle. Um, <laughs> I, I, love, I love a good insect. I think the thing is we don't give a shit, right? Like we get on board when it's polar bears because they're, they're nice and fluffy and they're real cute and you can imagine hugging one. Right, or a penguin, you're like, oh, my God, it can't walk. That's ableist. Don't be a dick. Um, <laughs> but we care when it's cute little fluffy things, right? But insects going extinct, that's the real thing we should be giving a shit about. But they're creepy fuckers and I don't like looking at them. <laughs> that's the problem, right? But I also think the problem might be that entomologists, people who study insects, are the fucking worst. Like... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, we, you know, we've got dog people. Everyone likes dog person. We're a bit sceptical about, you know, cat people. Um, I'm a bird person. People think I'm a real weirdo. But um, <laughs> we all come together when it's entomologists, people who fucking study insects. Well, I wouldn't swipe right on that shit, you know? Like, <laughs> I'd be like, ooh, bugs, gross. Um, and I think that's what we need to change. I think that's what needs to happen is that we need to make entomology sexy again. Oh, you study insects. Guys who study insects should be in sex. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Stop it. Um, I will also say for people who might be confused, uh, please don't confuse entomology with etymology. Um, when it, Honestly, it really bugs me beyond words when people mix them up. <laughs> I actually stole that joke. My boyfriend gave me that joke. Um, also, he'll probably die first. He's a ginger, so he's gone. Um, <laughs> I'll just have his crispy little waif in the, use it as a fan when it's hot. Anyway, <laughs> that was on the fly. I'm sure you could tell. Speaking of flies, um, <laughs> honestly, it's, it's a really, really, really fucked situation at the moment. We're hitting our sixth extinction in the world, right? So at the moment, 40% of all insect species are declining very rapidly with one third having become endangered in the last 30 years. That is fucked, right? We have a real issue with bio, biodiversity and this is due to both our, uh, the climate, which is wiping a lot of um, insects out, but also the way that we go about food production. So what they're finding now is, right, this, is, this really sucks. So... Um, Pesticides and stuff like that, they make these non-lethal pesticides that are supposed to not do anything to bees. And they don't kill the bees, that is fair, but they do actually lower their heart rates and impact the way that their brains work so they can no longer create paths to get pollen and pollinate flowers at long distances. That stuff's scary. I'm not even trying to be funny. I'm just fucking scared, you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Oh, this is what I think. I think. I think it all comes down to how we re, like we've got to rebrand how we see entomologists. I don't want to see fucking cute cat videos on YouTube anymore. Show me that little spider I was talking about that was trending on Facebook. <laughs> Did anybody see that spider? Okay, like three people know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm really glad I opened the show with a reference to that fucking spider. Um, just staying relevant. Um, <laughs> Maybe we need to do that, though. Maybe we need to look at how cute insects are. Like butterflies, everyone likes a butterfly. Fuck them. They're like the, <laughs> they're like the cool kids of school. We need to give a shit, a shit about dung beetles. <laughs> Brian, thank you. Oh, my God. Look, dung beetles' biggest fan in the front here. Um, <laughs> we need to give a shit about dung beetles, like cockroaches they clean up, right? 
Spiders eat mosquitoes. We've got to stop fucking spraying them. You know what I mean? This is all the stuff we've got to do. The insect extinction, it scares the shit out of me. Um, and so what I want you to do today is fuck an entomologist. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Just, uh, just before I sit down, are there any entomologists <laughs> in the room? Actually? Is there actually one? Where? Yes! Where? Come Who on down! Come down here! Come down here! The rest of the show is an orgy! <laughs> oh, wait, the... Is there two? Oh, just one. Okay, right. Oh, my God. What's your favourite insect? Oh. I'm sorry, I'm joking, but I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, this is, this is the problem. Ants are pretty, all right. um, What's your second favourite one? Yeah, praying mantis are cool, they are cool. All right, we'll just bond over praying mantis. And what was your name? Sadie. Sadie's getting lady later. (laughs) Thank you. All right, thank you. Steph Tisdale. (laughs) <laughs> Excellent. Um, for you folks, would, you, would any of you swipe right on an entomologist? Bob? Tom, as the resident slut. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm largely homosexual, but yeah, I'll fuck you, Sadie. <laughs> we can talk about ants, you freak. <laughs> Is, aren't the praying mantis the ones that eat? Like, they fuck yeah. you and, and then, then they, they eat you? You, yeah. you creepy lady. <laughs> Don't you dare eat me! <laughs> Unless it's the other head. <laughs> Whoa! Hey, it's a family show. Oh, it's not a family what? show. It's I'm not a family show. <laughs> Fuck it, let's get weird. <laughs> but there are words, even though this isn't a family show, there are words we can't say. <laughs> um, would, uh, would spiders be less creepy if they only had forearms? <laughs> As in these arms? <laughs> I don't, it's the hair that puts me off, I think. If they, if they were... Uh, you only like bald spiders. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. It, <laughs> yeah. It's just... like spiders like advanced hair. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be swiping right on the bald spiders. I, can't, I have to ask, answer, yes, I would date a spider, Hillary. Yes. <laughs> In this day and age, if that's what you identify as... <laughs> I do not want to be an arachnophobic. (laughs) (laughs) Another Queensland bigot who says, no, I don't want my son marrying a fucking boy. (laughs) Mum, Dad, this is Incy Wincy. (laughs) And we're in love. (laughs) He can bugger off up his spout. This is Irrational Fear with more people in this audience and ongoing jobs for a certain mine in the Galilee Basin. (laughs) 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 Mel Buttle, everyone! Yeah, I'm going to have this. You want a hand? Thank you, Tom. No, no, Tom's a big, strong boy. A dainty, strong boy. Thank you, Thomas. Thanks. Such strong man. Uh, well, Steph gave you a lot of statistics. Um, here's one. Uh, 71% of all teams who win uh, game one in Origin go on a claim series. So... <laughs> Stop stealing my stuff, Mel. <laughs> <laughs>
Ah, well, uh, first of all, good evening, upwardly mobile lefties. And um, <laughs> the Gorman looks amazing. And <laughs> hope you all got a good park for the Prius. So, <laughs> now, people, people assume, because I'm a Queenslander, that I don't understand climate change. And most of the time, yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty spot on. But, um, <laughs> look, it's something that we can actually fix. Tom, you're wrong, okay? <laughs> and we can fix it through designer keep cups and vegan brunches. <laughs> from, from my research professor. <laughs> now, when it comes to climate change, though, the biggest victims will not be some rare bilby in Adelaide, but it will be um, foodies, and it's going to hit hard, guys, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking coming. It's coming for New Farm. It's coming for Tenerife. It's coming for Newstead. <laughs> not coming for new market. <laughs> They'll be all right out there. <laughs> it is coming for us hard-working, blogging, gramming, way to irritating foodies, okay? So you try and write a memorable blog about Malay chicken in 56-degree heat. Go for it, have a go. You can't do it, can you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, Mel. Yeah, foodies aren't the only ones who write blogs, are they? Oh, yeah, I've never read one, so... <laughs> if you find a blog on the internet that is not about rooting or food, it is a Russian scam trying to overthrow the government. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, look, I hate to get all political. <laughs> no, I love it, it's fun. Uh, <laughs> now, the sea levels are going to rise, right? And that will mean a lot less alfresco dining, unfortunately. <laughs> So that's brutal, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Campbell Newman. Anyway, um, <laughs> Noosa. Noosa, our beloved Noosa. Everyone here who's on 80K, you will know of Noosa, won't you? <laughs> you understand how Noosa works. Noosa will be nothing more than just a swamp. Noosa will be swamp-like. It will resemble Redcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> so you can say goodbye to your food and wine festival up there. No. You might as well burn your fedora and your dress chinos. <laughs> and say goodbye to your little polo shirt with the sea boats on it. We won't be needing that in the future. <laughs> but us foodies, we can help. We can turn climate change around. We can just stop eating Wagyu rump caps. That's part of it, apparently. I read that. Um, now, I don't want to give up charcuterie, but... Like, a lot of it is made from pork, so maybe if we all disagree, like, I don't know, like, maybe only, like, ten steaks a year we could save the planet. I don't look... It makes me feel uncomfortable. Let's not do it. Okay. Um, <laughs> but will this life even be worth living if we are forced into lentil-based diets? Tom knows. It's not. Okay? <laughs> Red meat is the enemy because cows' farts are ruining the world. Okay? I read that. That's my level of research that I've done for tonight. So the Breakfast Creek Hotel needs to be protested, right? <laughs> Need to take it to the streets. But the, because there's nothing rugby dum-dums love more than red meat. Similar to Steph, I do implore you, if you root anyone who plays rugby and they eat steaks on a regular basis, you are going to need to withhold sex until they get onto lentils. <laughs> <laughs> Bushfires are coming. You can say goodbye to the Hunter Valley, to the wine region. It'll be on fire. Yep, goodbye. There'll be no more Pinot Noir. No matter how good you can make 
a beautiful Pinot. That won't make it for the flames of your log cabin going down at the winery, will it? No. Just the word artisanal mean nothing to you people. We must act now, okay? So when all hell breaks loose and you're all living in your bunkers out at Brookfield, it's nice, isn't it? Just past Indrapilla, you love it. Um, <laughs> and it's not that far to the city. Because <laughs> I go after I've dropped Harriet Kinder at 9.30 and I'm in in half an hour. Um, <laughs> in shocking news, I don't think all allergies are going to be catered for in the bunker. <laughs> It's going to be pretty horrible in that bunker. When the apocalypse comes, there's going to be hives, there's going to be upset tummies, there's some pretty serious stuff, okay? (laughs) Hope you've all done your FODMAPs on tin beans, because that's all there's going to be. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry that we're going to be in this bunker for the next 80 years, but I actually can't have lentils because um, they give me a little tummy. (laughs) (laughs) Eat her first, get her gone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is going to be absolutely dire out there. We might have to end up carrying a pottery barn jug down to the local sawmilk well. I know, OK? <laughs> people of Ascot and other rich people who live in West End for some reason, I don't know why, I don't understand. <laughs> Do it oh, doesn't make any sense, but um, I don't get it. But I implore you, Richies, to maybe think about buying a Tesla for Harriet's graduation car. <laughs> <laughs> Sell the Range Rover, I know it's going to hurt. <laughs> it is going to cut deep bars, but we have to pull together. And don't worry, you can still fit a case of McLaren Valley Red in the boot of a Tesla. I mean, wake up, though, have a think about it. Wine, you can say goodbye to all cold climate grapes. Yeah. That's going to hurt, isn't it? No more Rieslings. No more Saint Blancs. It's all going to be Spanish Reds. <laughs> <laughs> Tempranillo does not go with everything, okay? <laughs> On the matter of temperature, when it's hot, kids are absolute assholes, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so imagine the cafes of Graceville and Tenerife just teeming with toddlers when it's 56 degrees, screaming and crying into their beetroot hummus. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be stupid, but kill them all on day one. Get rid of them all. Anyway. um, (laughs) Anyone called Atticus with a milk allergy? Bang, 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 bang. (laughs) (laughs) See you later. You weren't going to make it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So the the sea temperature is going to get very hot. The waters are going to heat right up because the ice... It's get like in your, when you know you get like a like you get a rum and coke and the ice melts right and then <laughs> it's like that all right that's how I'm explaining it to you Queensland so, um, <laughs> so with hot hot water in the sea there's not going to be any more sushi the fish will be coming out already cooked they'll be done just <laughs> 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 go down to the shore with a, a big basket of chips and just get yourself ready for Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye, ceviche. Bye-bye, salmon nigiri. Imagine a sushi restaurant. Try and picture this. Try and picture this, new farm. A sushi restaurant, right, with no raw fish, okay? None. There's seawater lapping around your ankles, but to be fair, you can get the same experience at Sushi Train Wynnum. But, um... (laughs) So what can I do to help? I'm just a foodie wanker with a Volkswagen Golf and a moleskin notepad. (laughs) (laughs) 
There's things that you guys can do. You can go vegan. Mel, are you vegan? No, don't be stupid, but you can. <laughs> Something you can do. I'll catch up later. Like, you go ahead and <laughs> let me know how it all is. Yum, coconut milk, my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, you could do it, like, actually do it for real. Like, I kind of do it, but I, like, cheat a little bit. I'm on chicken stock. No one's going to know. But, um, <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, it's vegan, apart from the parmesan cheese. But the cows that made the cheese are vegans. <laughs> <laughs> Chain of vegans helping each other out is what that is. <laughs> Imagine my inbox after this when I get home. Hi, Mel, I just want to let you know I'm a vegan. And, nah, okay. <laughs> you're emailing me who's running the drum circle in Byron. But anyway. Um... <laughs> now, the, the, the sad fact of this whole thing is climate deniers, they are out there. They exist. They're my, well, they're not here because you had to pay to get in. But um... <laughs> it, is, it is a weeknight, so they're at Hoggies. Good old hog's breath. I think they do a two for one. So, um, <laughs> no, they're busy calling into AM radio. So, uh, but they exist and we need to bully them into getting a keep cup, okay? And then bully them for picking a dumb keep cup, all right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there's things you can do, you can, and I'm doing it already. You can hang around farmer's markets. That helps somehow, apparently. <laughs> Just go there and be like, oh, it's better than Carl's. <laughs> <laughs> Heaps yummier. Yum, yum. <laughs> mm, food miles. Artisanal produce. Say that. Say it all the time. <laughs> People will be like, yeah, she knows. Um, but I'll finish on this. I mean, like, we're all doing our best, but how much coconut oil do I need to smear on myself, Professor? Well, you can come to this. Before <laughs> this is taken seriously. <laughs> yes. I have a jar in the bathroom and it makes the bath very slippery. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm doing my bit. (laughs) I love myself in this overpriced fucking coconut bullshit. Five days a week, then I forget. Oh, fucking hell. Anyway. (laughs) I'm not sure how it helps, but it's definitely, it's part of it. It's sort of Marbo, it's the vibe. It's kind of the whole sort of, sort of in there. Um... And actually, I, you know what I do to help out as well? I use the same jar in the bathroom that I smear myself in the kitchen in my stir fries. So <laughs> <laughs> you certainly must pop by. <laughs> See ya. Fantastic. That's great. Thank you, Mel Buttle. Thank you. Now, with foodies gone, what other narcissistic activities can be done, do you think? Um, Mm. uh, What what will there be left for the apocalypse, do you think? Can you still do F45? (laughs) (laughs) F45 for the apocalypse? Uh, Yep. I think your great idea of um, homegrown porn. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, just babies will still exist. You can still put those on and be like, here's my little bear, love him. (laughs) And also they'll die young so you can have more. That's right. (laughs) Because of the heat. A lot of them won't last. Yeah. Any any ex, my babies. See you later. You're gone. No. Uh, hello. Is anything on? Tough crowd. Am I right? like the dead baby stuff. It normally kills. <laughs> <laughs> New Zealand actually are kind of ahead of the curve. Their two major supermarkets are called Countdown and New World. <laughs> They're ready for the apocalypse already. 
Oh, Woolworths is Countdown, isn't it, over yeah. there? Yeah, yeah, so mental. How, oh, what they do. Oh, they do things differently over there. Yeah, weird. They let a woman be in charge. <laughs> oh, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Say fish. Say fish. <laughs> Now, after the election, I don't know if you caught Alan Jones the first week after the election. He was on Q&A just spending about 45 minutes gloating. Uh, did anybody see that? And then he went on to explain how many parts per million were there, were, there was of carbon in, in the atmosphere. Anyway, um, he went on his radio program straight after that and just continued gloating. And uh, here it is here. I'll tell you what, Alan, I wouldn't be caught dead in an electric car because they don't go broom, broom. What good is a car... It doesn't go broom, broom. You just can't trust it. You're right there, Mildred. Hang on the line. We'll send you a freshly slaughtered ham. 2GB873. Well, how about this, eh? What an election. This Sunday, Australia woke up to themselves. Yes, they've said, I've had enough of Labor. I've had enough of Bill Shorten. They had it too good for too long. <laughs> and Labor and Bill Shorten weren't even in government. <laughs> By the looks of their smarmy faces, you'd think they were. Now, let's not mince words here. The right people won because the right people won. And it's all right to be right. All right? <laughs> now, this was meant to be the climate election. Oh, can you believe that? Climate change. Oh, God. The only thing that Labor will be changing is their underwear after they polluted in their pants. <laughs> now, these climate terrorists are like keep cups that have been overfilled. They're about to explode. Oh, they're terrible. These are some have been lefties. You know they know full well that windmills, yes, windmills, were invented in Iran. Yes, Iran. Oh, so what if it was ancient Persia? A Middle Eastern windmill is a Middle Eastern windmill. You can't trust them. <laughs> the blades will spin around and chop your head right off. Oh, it's happened. I've seen the footage. On Q&A on Monday night, I asked Alice Workman, who is a young woman, mind you, <laughs> what percentage of carbon dioxide is in the atmosphere. And she, a political journalist and a woman couldn't answer me this very simple question. The answer is 0.04%. Now, the fact that it was 0.03% when I was coaching the Wallabies in the 80s is beside the point. The point is that these numbers are about as big as Bill Shorten is feeling right now, very small. And Australia is responsible for 1% of 0.04%. What can be done about it? It's pointless. Now, you may say, oh, but, Alan, Australia has 700 radio stations and you're only on one and you're a toxic force in Australian politics. You could just leave and everything would get better. And to that I say, thank you. <laughs> I am powerful because of the Alan Jones signature multivitamin, Jonesyvite. With everything you need to stay alive when you're in the fight of your political life, that's the Alan Jones signature multivitamin, Jonesyvite. And let me tell you something, I, for one, am very thankful that the Coalition won the election. After all, I declared I would retire if they didn't. But you know me, I'm not the retiring type. I'm 78. I don't plan on retiring anytime soon. Bob Hawke didn't retire until he was 89. <laughs> oh, God, I've got some time ahead of me. Speaking of climate change, up next, something that really gets my globals warming. Anthony Kalia, live in studio. Oh, what a voice. You're listening to the Alan Jones Alan Breakfast Jones. Show. Right across Australia. All right. Now, look, before we I'm end sorry, the show... I'm sorry, but Steph thought that was real. No. Yeah. <laughs> it was... I was going, is this a fucking joke? But it was. Yeah. That's <laughs> good. Is this a fucking joke? <laughs> this, this is fucking boring. This is fucking boring. <laughs> yeah. No, it made more sense. <laughs> It's me. It's me. I, yeah. I do it. I do it. I do it. I do it. It's Alan a good Alan Jones. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, 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 no, it was really, it was good. I'm ju I just stay for the Anthony Kalia jokes yeah. every week. Yeah. Uh.
I always like what it would be like if um, John Michael Hausen was on Alan Jones' show. Oh, 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 oh. No one knows who John Michael Hausen is. No one under 40 knows who John Michael Hausen is. All right. Now, before we wrap up the show, we've still got a little bit to go. Before Lewis brings us home and gives us hope for the future and solves climate change in five minutes. It's weird that I've always known how and I haven't mentioned it until <laughs> this very minute. <clears throat> it's actually a bit of a dick move, but lucky for you. Um, we've got an expert here. We, we thought we'd discuss some of the health implications for humans on a warming planet. Now, if you drew like a Venn diagram between climate and disease, in the middle would sit Hilary Bambrick. <laughs> <laughs> and that's her Tinder bio. <laughs> <laughs> Which way are you going to swipe? <laughs> We know, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you had entomologists, we'd know. <laughs> um, so okay. tell us, um, how does it feel to be in the middle of that Venn diagram? Yeah, look, it's very quiet because everybody is dead. Mamma <laughs> 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 mia. I guess you're right. Yeah, wow. Gosh, gosh. Good luck following that, mate. <laughs> this is the saddest topic of them all. We're trying to deal with it in a mature way, everyone. Well done. You're doing very well being here. Um, now tell us, like... With the health of the planet is a given. We kind of talk about planetary health all the time when it comes to climate change, but we don't really talk about, like, how it affects human health, um, particularly when, we, when we're talking about climate change. We're always focused on emissions and oxygen and stuff like that. But, like, what, what are some of the most unusual challenges that humans will face heading into a warmer planet? So this is the time where the show gets serious, so my apologies. But when... Um Climate change or the climate crisis won't actually create any new diseases, um, but it, what it might do and what it actually has done already is it um, might revive long dead ones. So a few years ago... Zombie diseases? Zombie diseases. <gasps> so a few years ago in the, um, in the Arctic, um, 2,300 reindeer died from anthrax and um, dozens of people were hospitalised and a child died. And now this disease hadn't been around for a very long time. And the reason why it re-emerged is because there were um, the, what had been frozen ground started to defrost in temperatures that were way above average. And uh, basically rotting reindeer corpses leached into the water supply and um, those were contaminated with anthrax spores. And wow. so people got sick and well, Rudolph died. the anthrax reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> had a very white nose. <laughs> I, uh, anthrax, I only, only remember anthrax because, like, in September 11, post-September 11 world, like, members of Congress were getting anthrax-infected envelopes. Like, that's my only reference for it. Like, what, what is it? What is anthrax? Uh, yeah, and you, you don't need to lick an envelope these days. You can just go lick a reindeer. So. Right, right. Um, <laughs> Oh, damn it, that's my Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's, it's bacterial spores and they, they get released. So they can lie dormant. You know how you, you put stuff in your freezer? Um, Mel's got a whole lot of meat sitting in hers, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yep. so, so that preserves it. And a similar thing happens with, with, um, with bacteria and with, with other pathogens as well. So you put them in the freezer, they don't, you know, don't often die. They might just sort of lie there dormant for a while, have a little bit of a nap. Um, but you start warming the planet... And they, um, yeah, become zombie. When you get home tonight, check your frozen reindeer. Good <laughs> <laughs> takeaway message, Tom. <laughs> what other diseases would be lying under the tundra in, in previously frozen places? 
Yeah, well, there's some thought that, you know, we managed to eradicate smallpox many uh, decades ago, but, um, you know, potentially um, it's not just reindeer corpses that might be rotting, you've got human corpses that might be rotting oh, as God, well. Great. Um, terrifying. Mm. <laughs> Everyone's going to yeah. sleep really well tonight. <laughs> Dodo AIDS could be coming back. We've seen Bohemian Rhapsody. It is so sad <laughs> when he gets Dodo AIDS. It's the worst of that. What's going to be really annoying is celebrity campaigns about Dodo AIDS. <laughs> every minute yep. of every day. Where the beak, guys. Where the beak. Oh, <laughs> guys, you've got to laugh. <laughs> Everyone shut up. Let the scientists keep talking. I mean, it's so, so, um, it's so strange. Like we, like these are things that we. I mean, Toto AIDS is very strange. I've never heard of that before. Learning something all the time. But with when there's what about when there's a larger, um, huger weather events like big, big, more excessive weather events. What other kind of strange health implications do that, does that have? For yeah, them? so you get the immediate impacts from that weather event. You know, if it's a cyclone, storm, bushfire, flood, you know, people die, people get injured. Um, that's usually, you know, it's pretty tragic, but it's not the only thing that happens. You also get these longer-term impacts as well. well. They happen all the time now, yeah. you know, everyday event. You know, you've got to get used to it. Um, so... <laughs> So it's also the longer-term impact. So if you've got flooding, for example, you've got contaminated water supplies, you've got breeding grounds for mosquitoes, so you'll get, you know, um, more mosquito-borne diseases like dengue, for example. How prepared are we for this kind of stuff? Like, how much demison will I need? (laughs) (laughs) So we we know that our health systems aren't as prepared as they could be. Um, We had a taste of that um, a few years ago in Melbourne when we had the thunderstorm asthma epidemic. So... Um, the health systems then got completely overwhelmed. Now, we've known about thunderstorm, as- thunderstorm asthma for a number of years, um, but there's never been an event like that. And what, what that ha- um, happened then, you had uh, 2,000 people required um, ambulance attendance. So what's thunderstorm yeah, asthma? Yeah, so just, yeah, explain to people what happened in Melbourne. So there's a huge thunderstorm. Yeah, uh, and it had happened after a particularly warm um, warm spring and, you know, there's lots of pollen in the air. So when you get a thunderstorm, um, it breaks open little uh, pollen granules and they um, get down further into your lungs. And so uh, what happened in Melbourne was there was a lot of pollen in the air, big storm, uh, people died, um, is the simple um, causal chain. But you had... um... (laughs) Are we excited about climate change yet? So 2,000 people needed ambulances, 8,500 people went to hospital and nine people died. And, and most, many of those people had never experienced asthma before. And that's before, before Dodo AIDS came back. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, the uh, weather in Australia has always been pretty extreme. I read a scientific paper the other day, and I'll, I'll read a bit of it to you. Um, it's from one D. McKellar. I love a sunburnt country, a land of sweeping plains, of ragged mountain ranges, of droughts and flooding rains. You can't, you can't refute that. <laughs> well, it's what she it's loves. She, she wrote that ages she ago. Yeah. And look, Tony Abbott agreed to, in 2013, with the bushfires in the Blue Mountains, he said, we've always had bushfires. And I said, yeah, but not in October. And last year, um, Queensland in August, so middle of winter, 1,000 bushfires burning. Now, this is completely unprecedented. So, yeah, the weather has always been a bit fucked and we're pretty proud of that in this country. We like that our weather's like that. But those patterns are shifting. So it's now, you know, fucked in different times of the year, mm. in different ways. <laughs> yeah. and it's There's snow in Queensland this week. Snowed in Queensland well, this week. After, hopefully after tonight, 
entomologists Fixed. will also be fucked in different places. <laughs> there you go, Sadie, I'm doing good work. Sadie, I've been tested for dead AIDS and I'm clean. <laughs> I'm all clean. Negative, all right? No anthrax on Tom. <laughs> Hillary, can you leave us with any kind of hope for the future? Is there anything... <laughs> Hillary, can you make up some hope, please? <laughs> I brought Hillary, a friend. can you tell this audience some lies? <laughs> um, yeah, look, some kind of hope. Um, you know, if we're talking about jobs from the um, Aria coal mine and, you know, how uncertain that is, um, what we do know is that jobs from the Great Barrier Reef are much more certain. So there are so many more jobs with the Great Barrier Reef and so many more jobs in tourism and so many more jobs if we actually have a planet that is functional and that people are alive on. So... I don't, I, I don't know how that works. I don't know how that works. Yeah. <laughs> so we have choices about the kinds of jobs we want to create. Although, if climate change happens and you're a doctor, sounds like you're set. <laughs> you get a, get a whole lot of business. You mentioned well, Cole before. This no. is, a, a, this is a, a portrait that someone drew of themselves. Can you tell us the story behind this one? Sure. So I, I used to live in the Illawarra, um, down Wollongong Way. Yeah, anyone from Wollongong? Thanks, Mum. Yep. Um, <laughs> um, I, I lived about oh, 100 metres from the train tracks and those, uh, those tracks would carry uncovered coal trucks every day. And they'd often sit up at the train station and my house would get covered in coal dust, as would everyone else's houses. So my daughter drew this picture using the coal dust um, that was covering our house. So it's a self-portrait for those of you um, playing along at home. And isn't it beautiful? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, just, it's just a bit of a wake-up call because, you know, this is, um, it's, it's a point about coal mining that I actually just really want to get across, that if we, stopped, if we actually stopped coal mining today, the air would be cleaner today. It's not like we're taking a gamble on whether or, whether or not it might actually make things better. You wouldn't get black lung disease, so there's, you know, the 21 miners in Queensland who've been diagnosed with black lung disease, that wouldn't have happened. You wouldn't have the 3,000 people die each year in Australia from air pollution. You wouldn't have um, 42 million kilograms of coal dust cover the Hunter Valley every year. That sounds year. like so much coal dust. <laughs> and then you also wouldn't get fires such as the one at the Hazelwood Mine, um, you know, a few years ago that, that killed a number of people as well and will have long-term implications. So it's not just climate change as being an issue with coal and coal mining. It's every single step from the mining, the transport and the burning of coal that actually you, kills people. Can I ask you a question, like a serious question? It's like, why haven't... Why hasn't the rhetoric about climate, the climate crisis been changed? Like, surely, because people still oppose it or deny it, why aren't we changing the way that we're talking about it to be like, cool, regardless of whether you believe in it or not, how about... It'll still kill there's you. literally... Hey, it'll still kill you whether you believe in yeah, it or not. Yeah, but, but even just even beyond that, right? Like, even if you just said, hey, look, regardless of whether you reckon it's going to... It's real or not, um, there is no harm in saving the world and making the world a better place. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. such an odd... You'd, you'd say four million lives a year. I just don't understand. Just... Sorry, I'm very... <laughs> Look, I've, I've, I've really had you, a moment. I'll give you my dad's phone number. And... <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to actually... Sorry, can I, can I go for a tangent tell a really weird story? Yeah, please. Okay, so my dad is, like, the biggest weirdo in the world. Like, just to... <laughs> To give you an idea, yesterday he sent me a text in the middle of the day that said, do you reckon the Queen has ever been on official business with a turtle head poking out? 
<laughs> which is a poo that's about to come out. For oh, those. my God. And I was like, hello, Dad. Um, <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, this is a, true, a true story. And I like... So he, he was a climate um, crisis denier. And he always listens to the ABC and then he listens to one of his favourite people say, it's real, and he was like, oh, fuck. And then he... <laughs> he went and... Just... Jemima, you really think that? <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking huge. That's pretty much what he's like, eh? <laughs> and he... This was his response to it, and I suppose you're going to also have solutions, but what do you think of his solution? <laughs> he went to Bunnings and he bought <laughs> two... He made two giant sandwich boards this tall and painted the words on both sides, global warming, act now, and put them out the front of my fucking driveway. <laughs> <laughs> and then some, some drunk kids on the weekend. Sorry, this is just the ending to the story. It's got, like, it's got nothing to do with the rest. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> some drunk teenagers started <laughs> breaking his science in the middle of the night and he woke up and he was going to go be like, get off there. But then he just didn't have enough energy so he just stood under our street lamp with a machete. And (laughs) I should say he was nowhere near them, just cast a shadow and (laughs) they fucking bolted. (laughs) That is is great. Mark Tisdale. Next Climate Talks, we're going to send your dad with a machete. <laughs> That's, uh, that is Mark Tisdale's action for climate change. <laughs> but, like, seriously, do you think it's one of those things that, like, is this something that we just go, actually, you know what, fuck it. Poli- like, politicians aren't listening, the government doesn't give a fuck. This is just make it totally way more individual or...? You've got to start somewhere and I think, um, I mean, obviously we, we've got an absolute lack of national action when it comes to climate change despite the, the rhetoric that we, we keep hearing. The, um, Australia's climate emissions have been increasing by 1% or 2% for years, you know, last Today years. we got to record levels! Yes! yes. Well done, everyone! Yes. We so, did it! So, so don't, don't believe it when they tell you that, um, that we're on track to meet the pissy Paris um, targets because... <clears> um, you know, poor as they are. So what, This is what my pet peeve with ScoMo when he ever talks uh, climate change, he's always talking about meeting the Kyoto targets, mm. which were set in 19-fucking-97, <laughs> as if that's some sort of fucking achievement and as if there hasn't been 15 more fucking conferences since then. I'm OK, I'm OK. <laughs> So, so to, to be frank, Australia's target of 26, 28% below 2005 levels is not at all adequate. 2005 levels were almost record levels anyway. Um, so to, we've, to actually get adequate um, sort of reductions in greenhouse gas emissions, we need to be aiming for 45 to 65% by 2030 and zero net emissions by 2050. So that's the bottom line. All right. Everyone, please thank Hillary. Please, no, I might. This is a rational fear with more laughs than Labor seats in Queensland. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Lewis Hobber. Irrational fear. Damn, son. Hello, Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> what a barrel of laughs it's been. Okay, at the end of this, at the end of my thing, I'm going to ask you to do something, and I'm going to get you to agree to it now. Because in between now and then, you're not going to like me. So can I, can I get a, just you all saying, yes, Lewis, on three. One, two, three, will you do this for me? Yes, yes Lewis. All right, okay. I'm really glad that we are doing Irrational Fear here in this part of the country tonight. After the election, 
we just had. I think it's important that we're here in Queensland, <laughs> where it all went wrong. <laughs> Despite all the predictions, not a single Liberal national politician lost their seat. And the seats near the mine <laughs> had swings of up to 15% away from the party that wanted to address climate change. It was the climate change election. I just, I don't know if you heard about that. Did you get the memo? <laughs> Did you hear it was the climate change election? It certainly wasn't the government change election. <laughs> Thanks to you. <laughs> Queensland, you're just a humid middle finger to the rest of the country, aren't you? <laughs> you're our Florida, filled with crocodiles and unironic Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> It's hard to imagine a better display of how little you care about climate change than having Climate Week now. You know it would be a great time to finally get stories about climate change out into the Brisbane press. Let's do it the day after State of Origin! <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try really hard not to be angry at you, Queensland. <laughs> I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best because I, I understand why you didn't vote for climate action, you know? Who among us hasn't decided that 1,400 jobs in a coal mine were more important than the future of the human race? We've all been there. <laughs> I get it. Jobs are important. You need jobs. Everyone needs jobs. We need jobs, you know? <laughs> if we didn't need jobs, we wouldn't be here in fucking Queensland. <laughs> we don't need to come here for Climate Week. We already come from a place that knows that climate change is important. It's called 2019. You should visit. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Queensland's great. <clears throat> Beautiful one day. Fucking us for the rest of eternity. Can I ask you... Is it annoying? No. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. He hugged me. Is it annoying to have a real smug like me from the South come up and tell you that you fucked it for everyone? It is. It is. I know that because that's one of the reasons you fucked us in the first place. After the election, Queenslanders said they didn't like Southerners like Bob Brown coming up and telling them how to live their lives. Right after the election, when all the journalists were trying to figure out what the fuck happened here? One opinion piece summed it up perfectly for all of you people. If there's one thing Queenslanders don't like, it said, it's being told what to do. New South Wales, now there's a state that likes being told what to do. <laughs> they re-elected a government with a mandated bedtime. <laughs> but you, no siree! Have you ever tried telling a Queensland rugby league player to stop having group sex? Good luck! <laughs> <laughs> now, in Bob Brown's defence, he was probably fine with the group sex. It was the mine he wasn't into. <laughs> Queensland. Fuck. You just, you don't like being told what to do. You're cool like that, aren't you? You're cool. Very cool. You don't like being told what to do. Even when it's right, you just, you're cool, you know? It's like, <laughs> nah. Hey, fuck. You're not Australia's fucking Florida. You're Australia's moody teenager. <laughs> wanking into the sock of our future. <laughs> People hated you 
so much after the election that they demanded your entire state be annexed from the rest of Australia. <laughs> uh, uh, People wanted Quexit. Uh, uh, now, not me, I didn't want Quexit. It sounds like a laxative. <laughs> 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 and even though you did shit the bed, I still believe in you, Queensland. I understand why you did what you did. You said with your votes, well, really, we've all been thinking. People who care about the environment, kind of a drag. They're kind of a drag. You know? Like, ugh. You know? Like, ugh. Ugh. Like, ugh. You know? They're just like, they're the people who hand their homework in early. You know? Like, ugh. <laughs> The people are like, they visit their grandma, Ugh. you know, and they enjoy it. Ugh. You know, the people who say things like, that knife's sharp, be careful. Fuck off, Charlene. I'll cut my finger off if I want to. Back off. I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> They're annoying, you know. I find them annoying. That's what I'm saying. They're nagging at you. Ah, we're close to the tipping point. Ah. Back off, let me dig my coal hole. In your defence, Queensland, it's not just you that's burying their head in the coal pit on this issue. Ignoring the impending climate crisis is the hottest trend around the world, and I mean hottest. Listen to all of the very cool places that do not want to reduce carbon emissions, apart from you, Queensland. Russia, Kazakhstan, China, Saudi Arabia and Iran. <laughs> Anyone see a common thread between any of those countries? They don't like being told what to do. <laughs> They're very cool. They're like you. They also don't like people, <laughs> which is fun. Um, but I also think that's an important thing to focus on because somewhere along the line, climate change became unfortunately mixed up with the political parties that have a degree of empathy. Um, people who want to fix climate change, they're do-gooders, aren't they? In the old days, do-gooders meant churchgoers, but... Catholics have done a lot of things and none of them good. So um, <laughs> now when people think of namby-pamby do-gooders, they think of the people who care about the environment. And no one wants to be a do-gooder. No, they're a, you know, the annoying thing. So here's my plan. I'm going to start a new kind of political party that will trick you, Queensland, into voting for climate change. <laughs> a party that will not care about anyone of any kind. I promise you that. It will be so selfish. My party will be more capitalist than the Liberals, more racist than One Nation. It'll fuck more staffers than the Nationals. I will be a less likeable leader than Bill Shorten. And then, you know how my racist bunch of fuckboys are going to outwit you? You bunch of moody teenagers slamming your door in the face of the climate catastrophe. We'll use the only method really available to deal with teens who don't like being told what to do. Reverse psychology. <laughs> I'll organise everyone Queenslanders hate. Bob Brown, the New South Wales origin side. Daylight savings. <laughs> and I'm going to get all of them to tell you what to do. Don't... Vote for climate action. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't vote for the climate. Look at me. I'm a smug from the South. <laughs> Look at my statement glasses. I'm telling you not to do it. <laughs> Look, let's be honest. You're at Climate Week. Either you got lost on the way home from Origin last night and you're still pissed 
Or you're already a do-gooding namby-pamby who cares about the future of our planet. You're a traitor to your state. (laughs) The rest of Queensland hates you. Which means they don't want you telling them what to do either. (laughs) So join me now in telling them what to do. On three, don't vote for the climate. One, two, three. Don't vote for the climate. And again. Don't vote for the climate. Keep it going. Don't vote for the climate. Don't vote for the climate. It's working, Queensland. It's working. I can feel their hatred for us building. I can feel their rebellion bubbling up. I can feel them telling us to go fuck ourselves and then accidentally saving the planet. It's working. I'll see you back here next election, Queensland. We did it. Thank you, Lewis. I, uh, I, I actually uh, went to South Bank earlier today and I, I met some Queenslanders who, who, well, they have a message for you. you. You might be surprised. You probably didn't meet these Queenslanders, but they're, they're, they, they've got a special message for you. Dear parts of Australia that aren't Queensland. We're, we're sorry about, about the election. election. <laughs> it's just that. Clive's billboards were yellow. Yellow is very eye-catching. Like a banana. And Queenslanders love bananas. We know the a mine will add to the climate crisis. Just think of all the job it will create. LNP ministers <laughs> deserve lucrative board positions too. And we're sorry for backing bigoted climate deniers. Like Malcolm Roberts. Even though all the empirical evidence points to him being an empirical dickhead. <laughs> just that if we admit that climate change is happening, it will be catastrophic. For Queensland property prices. We need to sell our homes for as high a price as possible. So we can afford to live someplace cooler. Like Canberra. Sorry, I didn't mean cooler, I just meant someplace colder. So on behalf of Queensland, sorry, not sorry. To wrap up this special edition of Climate Week, please, big round of applause for Bridie and Wyatt. What an educational experience that was, Lewis. We well, anyway. we have written a song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you guys were like, hey, do some doom and gloom. We're like, oh, fun. Let's have a quick refresher. Here are some of the words that you gave us to write a song about. Coal, the reef, Pakistani, Afghani, <laughs> Banani, climate refugees, coal again, dengue fever. Grandkids, that was from Tracy. <laughs> and Bieber fever. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so not the cheeriest list, but you know what? We defy you. We reckon in the year 2050, even if the climate has all gone to hell, mm. humankind will still have hope. That's right. And will still have love. So there. So this is a love song. Set in the year 2050. Oh, what a time. Everything will be great. <laughs> <laughs> One day I met a girl with a normal number of hands <laughs> She smiled at me and said her name was Liza One day I met a boy down by the lake You know the one, the lake that used to be Mount Isa <laughs> I asked her on a date and we went to a swim up movie <laughs> This girl's so great I just can't leave her <laughs> Kind of weird about a climate refugee. We 
with dengue fever. <laughs> Refugee seven. They jumped the shark. Oh. What's a shark? <laughs> They're all dead. <laughs> I look at her and something's blooming. Not just the algae in the water. I looked at him and sparks are flying. By the way, I am Tracy's granddaughter. <laughs> oh, yeah! And if, if I'm, I'm gonna, gonna be going, going extinct, I wanna go extinct with you. <laughs> you and me were inextricably linked. I wanna go extinct with you. <laughs> I didn't mention my fella's name before. It's important. You see, his name is Barney. I'm an Afghani. <laughs> <laughs> he was a bit crude sometimes. Every call's a goal. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Panani. <laughs> if, if I'm gonna, gonna be going extinct, I wanna go extinct with you. Our lives are gonna be succinct. I wanna go extinct with you. The years went by, all one of them. I love it was so brief. We had our anniversary down by the normal barrier reef. <laughs> but all our year were cut short. I'm no longer a believer because my love came down with a bad case of Bieber fever. <laughs> If I'm baby, gonna be baby, going oh, extinct, I wanna baby, go baby, baby, oh. and you should go and love your baby, 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 oh. Is it too late now? Say sorry. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.